0: Lord, I'm thankful for this room full of people who care about your heart, and they want their lives to align with your heart. They want the things that you care about to be the things that we care about. We want to honor you with our worship. We want to honor you with our daily lives. We want to honor you with how we become more like Jesus. And as we have this conversation in a church that has an over 70-year history of doing things a certain way doing things differently, making various changes at different times. We, we know that there's potential for there to be confusion. There's potential for there to be emotional responses. There's potential for there to be division. And God, I just pray for unity this morning. I pray that the vision that we read in the Bible will come about. The vision for the church that, that loves one another, washes each other's feet, lays down our lives for one another, uh, is, is lived out in this church. And so as I continue to pray about this, I pray, don't just leave me where I already was. Maybe I've made up my mind about certain things, but God, open me to where you want to lead us as a congregation, what you would have us know, what you would have us do, and how we can best honor you. We pray that you make that clear to us. And I pray for relationships in this church to not grow apart, but to grow closer together during this time of conversation and prayer. I pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Okay. Believe it or not, I have a whole sermon worth of other stuff that we want to talk about now. I kind of went on uh, a little long there. This morning, we are continuing in our series in studying through the book of 1 Peter. So if you have your Bible or if you're your digital device, iPad or smartphone or something like that, you can open up to the words of 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're going to begin in verse 11. And I want to warn you before we get into this, uh, don't go to that slide yet, Joseph. Go back to my uh, title slide there. I'm going I'm to talk a little bit about it first, surprise, surprise, before we get to the text. I want to say that this passage is going to be complex. That's, I've thought a lot about this, and that's the word I would use to describe this text. It's going to be complex. It's going to hit us more like a, a Pink Floyd album than a Taylor Swift song. It may not be uh, instantly accessible. It may not be your favorite. You may have to sit with it a while. You may have some questions for this text. And I've certainly wrestled with some of the things we are going to read together this morning. But I think if I could, would boil it down to just three words, but the main idea is, I would say the main idea is be like Jesus. So I want to invite you to turn to somebody near you and say, "Be like Jesus." And I turn to that person who just talked to you and say, "Don't tell me what to do." Wait, 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 wait. Those ideas sort of cancel each other out a little bit, don't they? <laughs> they sort of bring to the table our desire to follow Christ, our Christian identity, and our desire to do what we want. The freedom that we celebrate on a day like the 4th of July, our American identity. Be like Jesus. Don't tell me what to do. Wait, okay. How do we reconcile those things? Couple, last couple weeks during our communion meditation time, there was a slide on the screen that asked you to consider what is one way that you can imitate Jesus? What is one way that you can be more like Jesus? And my guess is that a lot of the things that we thought about and reflected on were things like Jesus' prayer life, his connection with the Father. Maybe I want to be more like Jesus in how I pray. Maybe I want to be more like Jesus in how he was winsome and could handle himself in any social situation. Maybe I want more of Jesus' wisdom, more of his compassion. But my guess is that not a lot of folks... Thought or prayed for I'd like to be more submissive the way that Jesus was I'd like to give up more of my personal freedoms for the Lord or I'd like to be willing to suffer the way that Jesus did but in today's passage Peter is going to encourage us to do just that imitate Jesus specifically in the way that he submitted himself and like I said today is the 4th of July we got our, our red white and blue on, it's America's 245th birthday, and we're going to celebrate that. And we can't help but be reminded of these values in our country, the principles that they were founded on, freedom being maybe the centermost one, freedom from tyranny, freedom to pursue happiness, freedom to do as much or as little as we want to do. And this year, as coincidence has it, the 4th of July falls on a Sunday, and here we are. And as also coincidence has it, and I'd love to say that I planned this, but I didn't, we are studying all the way through the book of 1 Peter, and the text that we're going to read says things like, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. So we have these two very big ideas moving at high speeds toward one another, like two big, heavy locomotives. On this side we've got freedom, don't tell me what to do and then on this side we have submit and abstain those are two words that you're going to see in the passage that we're going to read together we need to ask ourselves what happens when those two trains collide let's find out dear friends I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against your soul live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong They may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority, or to governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone, love the family of believers, fear God, honor the emperor. And he goes on in this letter, addressing slaves within a first century Roman household. Slaves, in reverent fear of God, submit yourselves to your masters, but not only to those who are good and considerate, but also to those who are harsh. For it is commendable if someone bears up under the pain of unjust suffering because they are conscious of God. But how is it to your credit if you receive a beating for doing wrong and endure it? But if you suffer for doing good and you endure it, this is commendable before God. To this you were called, because Christ suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow in his steps. And then this description of Jesus. He committed no sin. No deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to, the, to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. In this complex passage, Peter is painting an image for us. And it's the image of doing the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing so that God is glorified different people in different walks of life if you're accused of doing something wrong Peter says shine the light of Christ if you're a master or a person in authority shine the light of Christ if you're a slave shine the light of Christ your faithfulness in doing good might be appreciated it might be seen it might be celebrated but it also might not people may never know about this it might go unnoticed forever or for a time but he says either way your call is to be blameless and develop a reputation for doing good in society for it is God's will that by doing good you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people Peter is showing us this is how things work in God's kingdom and Jesus modeled this for us when they hurled insults at him he did not retaliate when he suffered he made no threats instead he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. And like the young Peter that we've we've talked about before and snapshots that we've seen of his life, we sometimes go to great lengths to avoid suffering and shame in our lives, and it's understandable. But when we look at Jesus, we see that he went in the opposite direction. He set aside his power. He allowed himself to be wronged. He sacrificed his own freedom for the sake of God's purposes. Now, I want to be clear, I don't think that suffering is the goal. I don't think that suffering is a good thing. I think that God's goal for his creation is peace, that shalom that we read about in the Bible. But while suffering and pain aren't good things, they can still reveal or they can produce goodness. And the best example of that is the cross. The suffering of Jesus produced so much salvation for people like us. We can celebrate that even though we can say, that wasn't a good thing. In March of 1965, some nonviolent demonstrators who were advocating for voting rights in the United States were confronted by law enforcement leaders in Selma, Alabama. And many of the people who were demonstrating that day suffered the consequences of doing what is right.
1: We lined up in twos to walk from Selma to Montgomery.
0: We are marching today to
1: dramatize to the nation, dramatize to the world, that hundreds and thousands of Negro citizens of Alabama, but particularly here in the Blackville area, denied the right to vote. I was wearing a backpack before it became fashionable to wear backpacks. I thought I was going to get arrested and go to jail, so in this backpack, I wanted to have something to eat. I had one apple and one orange. I had two books. I had toothpaste and a toothbrush. But we understood while we were walking through the streets of Selma that the sheriff of Selma and Dallas County had requested that all white men over the age of 21 to come down to the courthouse that Saturday night to be deputized, to become part of his posse. We just kept walking We come to the highest point on the Edmund Pettus Bridge. Down below, we see a sea of blue Alabama state troopers. We saw all of this water down below in the Alabama River. Jose Williams said to me, John, can you swim? I said, no, Jose, what about you? He said, a little. I said, well, that's too much water in this river for us to jump. We must go straight ahead. A man by the name of John Cloud identified himself and said, "I'm Major John Cloud of the Alabama State Troopers."
0: Will be to your safety to continue this was an unlawful
1: Major. march; it will not this be march allowed to continue.
0: continue. You are ordered to disperse, go home, or go to your church.
1: Disperse and return to your homes or to your church. I said, "Major, may I have a word?" He said, there "Will be no word." You saw these men putting on their gas masks. He said, Troopers, advance. Troopers, here, advance. They came toward us. Beating us with nightsticks. Tramping us with horses. Releasing tear gas. I was the first person to be hit. I was hit in the head by a state trooper with a nightstick. I thought I saw death. I thought I was going to die on that bridge. I thought it was my last nonviolent protest. And all these many years later, I don't recall I made it back across that bridge to the church. I do recall being in the church. They asked me to say something to the audience, and I stood up and said something like, I don't understand it, how President Johnson can send troops to Vietnam and cannot send troops to Selma, Alabama to protect people who only desire to register to vote.
0: Uh, But As we think about this incident and what happened in Selma, we gotta remember that there were Christians on both sides that Sunday morning And what the world saw on television was one group of people who were beating and pushing and trampling and tear-gassing another, and then another group of people who were imitating the suffering of Jesus. And this is not something that we are in a hurry to sign on for, but it's what Peter is describing here, I think. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God, on the day he visits us and a lot of people saw what happened on their televisions that morning and again I'm not saying that this was a good thing that suffering was not good but good things can come from suffering and some of the good things that came after what happened on the Edmund Pettus Bridge that day was that the president started to advocate for voting rights and it led to the Voting Rights Act of 1965 so it's not good that they suffered just like I don't think Peter is condoning the brutality of masters who beat their slaves even though he's advising the slaves how to have a Christian response to what is happening there but I am saying that in the face of violence it creates an opportunity for people who are watching what is happening to ask themselves who is doing the right thing here and in the case of this was it the deputies in their uniforms or is it the humble men and women in their church clothes I'm going to move away from this story, but you might not want me to. You might say, yeah, but what about this? Hey, what about this? This requires a conversation. This is complex, the way that this passage is complex. I'm not just going to say, here's what it is, here's what you do, here's the easy answer, go get some lunch. Like what's going on in our church, at any given time, it requires relationship, it requires conversation, it requires discernment, and it requires prayer. This is a hard passage that we're looking at together. You might hear this and go, Peter, I'm sorry to tell you, but live as God's slaves? That's not a very good message to hear on the 4th of July. That's not a very good message to hear on the 4th of any month here in America. Because when it comes to imitating Jesus, we might be more interested in imitating His power or His authority or His being the smartest person in the room or His fame. But not His submission. I don't want to strive for that submitting more I would like to submit less we might be tempted to do like Thomas Jefferson did and take a razor and cut out of our Bibles all the parts that don't match our modern sensibilities you might say Peter you know we're gonna cut that part about abstaining from desires because I happen to have a lot of desires and I don't like it when people tell me what to do we might say Peter I don't like that carte blanche statement about submitting to everyone in authority I don't think that's a very good idea It's hard to live out and this whole part about becoming slaves and if you are a slave that you should take a beating with a smile seriously Peter that stuff has gotta go but before you get your your razor out and cut out the parts that you don't want to hear let's make sure that we don't cut out Proverbs 1215 which says the way of fools seems right to them but the wise listen to advice so let's not miss the wise advice that the Apostle Peter is giving us this morning. We are now getting into the part of Peter's letter that's going to give some real practical advice to some real people who had some real problems being in the minority for following Jesus. They didn't have support. They didn't have powerful governments behind them. They were trying to live out these call, call that Jesus did for faithfulness, discipleship, but they were kind of out there on their own. What do you do when the world around you doesn't prioritize imitating Jesus? Peter had something valuable to say to these first century Christians, and it's valuable for us today as well. So I want us to just think this morning about what we are using our freedoms for. As we celebrate freedom on this day, where it's appropriate to do that, let's reflect. reflect. How are we using the freedoms that we've been allowed? Freedom is a tremendous gift, and I'll stand up and say I am very grateful to the men and the women who have served and who have secured and protected that freedom for us. It is valuable. It makes my life very, very comfortable. Freedom clears the path for someone like me to do pretty much whatever I want. But As a follower of Christ, I have to remember that my goal in life is not to get whatever I want and not to do whatever I want, but my goal in life is for God to get whatever God wants, So what does that look like? How do I live that out? God wants me to become more like Jesus and to love people more the way that Jesus did and to invite more people to know Jesus or to know God the Father the way that Jesus did and even, here's that part we may not like, sacrificing the way that Jesus did. So today, I want us to consider the best ways to use the freedom that we've been given for God's purposes. We have the freedom to worship together. Are you worshiping? Everybody nod your head and say, yes, I am, Jacob. Look at, I'm here. I am worshiping. Good for you. Let's not just do that on Sundays. Let's live our lives as an act of worship to God. We have the freedom to share Christ. Are we sharing Christ? We have the freedom to pray. Are we praying? You might have financial freedom in your life. What are you using that freedom for? Are you using it to bless others, the way that we're called to? Or are you using it to get more for yourself, which by the way is just going to cause more worry and more problems for yourself. We have freedoms that we didn't have a year ago when there were more COVID restrictions. We're not out of the the woods all the way, but a lot of things are opening up, obviously. are you? What did you say a year ago? Man, when I can, here's what I'm gonna do go see my family, I'm going to have a barbecue with my neighbors, I'm going to go lick a doorknob. Maybe you didn't do that, but I certainly did. (laughs) Are you using the freedoms that you now have for kingdom purposes? This passage talks about showing respect to those in authority. Do you submit to those who maybe you don't think deserve to be submitted to? A boss who is harsh in your life, somebody who has And maybe wields authority over you. How do you respond to that? And what about when you're the person in authority? Think about the people who are under you. You might go like, we don't own slaves. That's not our issue now. But are you somebody's boss? Are you somebody's advisor, superior? Are you somebody's parent? Do you have authority over people? And how are you glorifying God with that authority and that freedom that you've been given? How are we using our freedoms to glorify God? I'll give you a clue. You're probably not using your freedoms to glorify God if you are hoarding personal freedoms. If you are unwilling to let anything go that is rightfully yours. That's something that we're called to do as Christians, but that's that's that collision course, freight train, those two ideas that are kind of competing against each other. But I think we need to do that. Consider our freedoms and be willing to sacrifice some of them for the sake of others, for the sake of Christ. Lisa and I took the girls up to Oregon last week, two weeks ago. We did a family trip, and it was a road trip for a family reunion. It was 12 hours in the car. And so we had this fun idea. We said, hey, let's put a message on the back of our van. And I wrote, Road trip with four kids. Buy me a drink. And I wondered, and then this is my, my Venmo account, to see if anybody wanted to make a donation so that we could get some Starbucks drinks on the road or something. And uh, I thought, hey, this is, this is kind of just a fun idea. If nothing else, it'll give people a chuckle who are passing by while they're on their own road trips out on the freeway. Uh, I didn't know what would happen with this, but uh, we put this out there. I took a picture of it. I put it on social media. And by the end of our travel day, we got $150 in donations from people who said, I'm going to buy that guy a drink. Man, four kids, that's a lot. And we went, oh my goodness, this, that's way more than we expected. So we went, okay, we're going to have a great day at Starbucks. We're going to get some tasty beverages, maybe even put some of it into our gas tank. I mean, this was money that we didn't have before. We didn't really earn it. We didn't really deserve it. It was just suddenly it was there, and we had it. And we said, you know what? Here's what we'll do instead. Let's set aside a little bit for for the tasty beverages but then let's donate the rest to agape villages. They don't, We don't need it, we didn't have it before let's do something good with it. And I'm not telling you this story so you can go way to go Jacob, you're a good guy, come on. That's not the point of this story. point of this story is I think that's how we should think about the freedoms that we've been given. How much do you possibly need? Use the freedoms that you've been given for Christ's purposes and then be willing to let some of the other ones go for the sake of someone else I said at the beginning of this lesson that it was complex and maybe you're starting to believe me now but I also said you could boil it down to three words and what were those three words be like Jesus good you guys got the third one that's important be like Jesus And so I want to close this message with Peters reminder once again about who this Jesus is that we are trying to follow and trying to imitate. Christ suffered for you, leaving an example that you should follow in his steps. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed for you were like sheep going astray but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls let's pray together Lord make us like Jesus make us more like Jesus make us like Jesus in the fun ways, make us like Jesus in the hard ways. Give us your spirit to give us discernment, wisdom, and understanding, and make us more like Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen.